Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess, observing a lot of buffoonery, should I say, going on right now with our Philadelphia Eagles, simply because now that we've got down to the 53 and supposedly the additional guys that will hit the practice squad after the cuts have been finally made for this prep for the first week of the NFL season, we are now seeing sides of Doug Peterson that no one is really comfortable with. Well, I'll take that back. Me, myself, I think it's cool to see him a little pissed off because I agree. The question of the quarterback situation should not be asked this many times when it's obvious that Carson Wentz should not be playing on a knee that still needs probably another three weeks to be totally and completely in perfect health. And until then, he can practice till his face turns blue, which he pretty much is doing and doing it very well. Um... His doctor has not officially cleared him, and Dougie has to do this reporting thing after time. They, I guess every practice they have to have a press conference. Why, I don't know. Um, but he has to report the status of his team. And needless to say, it was unofficially reported from Ian uh, Rappaport, from, uh, or a.k.a. Rap Sheet from Twitter, on Saturday night that Nick Foles would officially be the starter. And... Uh, that really wasn't coming from the Philadelphia Eagles or Doug. It was really more likely coming from the scenario that likelihood of Wentz not really being officially cleared. So at this point, you can see where the vibe is turning tense now because Doug knows since preseason his Eagles haven't looked exactly ready. But you also have a lot of postseason surgeries that are still healing, if not almost healed. And he doesn't have his full squad that he thought. And I don't know if he thought he doesn't have the full squad that he needs to get through this latter part of the postseason in the beginning of a new season in the time frame that I'm sure he envisioned. Now, mind you, I'm sure he knew about all these surgeries, but he can't control what happens to these guys' bodies when they practice you know, mini camp into training camp into uh, preseason. So because he can't control a lot of things, Doug being a man of faith, as he stated in his book, Fearless, I think he's at a point in his career where he's already seen the ups and downs and the ins and outs. What he hasn't dealt with is the constant questions from media directly when he wasn't a quarterback, if not a coach. So this may be new to him to have this much pressure or these many questions, thrown at him at one time in the same capacity just executed differently if not straight out the same way and I think today's press conference from the little that I've seen on Twitter and the responses I've seen from the Eagle Twitter brand I mean a band of uh, fans it looks like that it was a very similar to the last press conference last Sunday where Dougie seemed a little testy. Now, mind you, I know Mike Misnelli is one of these people. He's very sensitive when it comes to the media because he, he is one, if not a proponent of asking the hard questions. And so at this point, there's no real hard questions when you're asking about the same topic, because everyone knows that at this point, if Carson Wentz was ready to go, he'd be ready to go. I think he knows he's getting close, but because there's so much time lagging in between the last preseason game that didn't matter and this new game coming on in Thursday, there's still so much downtime that's causing um, the reporters who want to be the first to report things to have the upper hand. And because the media is insistent on trying to be the first to report everything accurately, um, getting it from the horse's mouth is like pulling teeth at this point because their job is to put a story out at a certain point every day of the week. 
So if Doug gets tired of it, they take offense to it because they look like they're not doing their jobs right. And they look at it from the perspective of, you should be used to this. You're the coach. This is what you know. Your star player is wanting to play, but we, we don't know officially if he can or not. And we just want you to answer the question. I'm a fan who types, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't even need to see the press conferences all the time. And I understand that's what they're for is for the fans. But sometimes I do think the media has this weak attempt at trying to make like everything has to be known to us when it's really about them trying to trying to get to the uh, coach to get what the answers they need for their articles to be done by their deadline. I don't really think it has anything to do with the fans at this point. Me, me personally, I, I get that's why Mike Massanelli, I know, has an issue with fans calling into a show and saying that, you know, you, you media guys always have to have it your way and, or saying stuff like that. And, 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 you know, Mike just looked at it from the perspective of fine, you know, if you don't want to know anything that's accurate and that's true, then we won't, we won't say anything. And then you'll be in the, you'll be in the dark, just like the rest of us. They do it for you guys. They do it for you guys who want to know each and every day what happens with Carson, what happens with Foles. And if there's a mumbling or if there's a muttering, they have to make sure they understand what the clear, concise um, answer is. And they can't guess and they can't assume. But this is what happens. When you don't get your main subject giving you straight answers, you kind of have to assume. And I think Ian Rappaport probably heard word that Foles was already looking to get first uh, team reps again. And maybe that's why he just decided that that was the best time to make it official. And so then SNF uh, on Instagram put out a picture saying that Foles was going to be the week one starter. So I don't know if maybe Dougie knew that or didn't know it and just still is mad about it because he doesn't like everybody uh, jumping ahead, jumping the gun, or maybe again, he's just tired of doing these press conferences over the same stuff. I mean, at this point, we all pretty much weren't shocked by who made the 53 squad, except for Josh Adams. And um, I forget that uh, there was a CB that everybody was looking at that they were saying they thought was going to make the top, but he might make practice squad today. Um, but Josh Adams was a big one because he was a local kid, and so most people thought he was going to be a, sh- a shoo-in for um, the backup running back. But it looked like he didn't really have a great preseason enough to dis- display his talents. But we are happy for DeAndre Carter because he was a wide receiver that was kind of like a la Paul Turner from a couple seasons ago that seemed to just catch any and everything, with the exception of one or two balls in the last game, which didn't matter. He had already shown his uh, talent. And then, obviously, the story of the preseason was Jordan Maylada, the Australian rugby player who came basically from a clean slate, not knowing anything about American football, and has made the team um, as an O-line. I don't know if he's a tackle, O-lineman, period, I don't know. Apparently, he can play different areas that they put him there. He just has to have uh, a lot more snaps in order for them to feel totally confident. But, I mean, I feel good for Jordan in the sense that it was a very heartwarming story to hear for some guy that was willing to go through that journey from to- <clears throat> totally reconditioning your body and using your height and your strength and your power and only being like barely 22 to know exactly what to do when the time came. That to only have one false start out of the whole preseason, out of all the times he got to start on the O-line, that's pretty freaking amazing. You're coming into another culture, another country, and you're totally getting by with the talent that you had just strictly from, strictly from instinct. And so that just shows you that come, I don't know, 2019, 2020 homie could be a threat to all, you know, future defenses. 
Um, and it's good to know that he's only 21 because that means by the time he mentally and physically lines up in this, uh, to the point where he can be a starter, that could be an amazing story if he stays healthy. Um, but that was pretty much the biggest, uh, to me, the biggest discussion you should have had after the 53 roster was announced. I mean, if anything, now any of the guys that land on practice squad again, won't be too shocking, but, um, there are just a couple names like, uh, Donnell Pumphrey, who to me never really had a shot. I think he was always too small. I think he was up there with like um, Brendan Boyle, who was uh, one of the, or Brendan Boyd, what is his name? Brandon Boyd. He was a, a very small nickel uh, defense uh, cornerback type guy, and he seemed to get by when he was under Chip Kelly. But I think once they changed regimens, I think that they realized more and more that he was just too small, and they didn't want to, they didn't feel that his position really was at, um, in addition, or an asset to the team once uh, Chip Kelly was uh, booted out. So there's just some guys that just suffer just because they come from a different uh, system. And when you try to put them in the NFL, it just doesn't translate for what, no matter how much they try, then their body shut down. Like he had two major injuries, I think ankles or hamstrings that he just couldn't recover from fast enough. And then when he did get some play, he had some nice uh, runs, but it was in the last part of that fourth quarter of that last preseason game and by then nobody was really paying attention so it's good to know that he finally got free but I think his size is a factor um and word is the rumor is on Twitter he already shut down his Twitter but you know I was never a fan of his but I would never make him feel like crap I just I think there were just times it was obvious like he just doesn't fit in and um I think he really thought he had a shot because he was starting to make way but usually it's if they don't get within the first three weeks that you're you're making a, a, a name for yourself out there, which is hard because you're dealing with a lot of guys who want to make the team, um, usually you end up on the cutting floor. So hopefully Donnell will get another job midseason because you figure people get hurt all the time in this league. There are already several ACL injuries, again, that have popped up on certain teams. And uh, the one guy that was just on the Vikings, the wide receiver McKinnon, he just busted his ACL. Now he's out and he's playing in San Francisco now. So... He'll be watching from the sidelines. Um, So you never know. I mean, it's the same thing with Des Bryant not signing with anybody. Uh, He may end up getting on a team last minute. Uh, The rumor is there were some people saying that he should come to Philly. I don't think that would work. I don't think he's one of those people mentally mature enough to blend in with uh, the Eagles regimen, especially now what Doug is trying to build as far as a positive, uh, healthy, encouraging culture. And I I don't think Des Bryant is about that. I think he's he's T.O., way worse than Tio, I think in my, in my eyes. Um, Tio, I think would at least now in his old age would mentally be able to blend in with any team. But, um, I don't think Des ever had that capability to tone down his attitude. (laughs) So I definitely don't think he would mix in with the culture, um, with the Eagles at all. And I think if he did join the Eagles, it would only just to be a FU to Dallas, which means, I mean, it's no different from when, uh, that running back that came a couple of years ago, that, that just wasn't going to work. And it, it showed like he just didn't want to, he didn't want to mesh to the system that was trying to work. And it just kind of showed that he eventually he retires. So it just made sense. Um, there are some people that it just, there's a reason why you're on a certain team and that's why you stayed there. And even when you do try one, one last shot, you know, you usually pretty much used all your, your general energy for the team that you pretty much stayed with most of your career. So at this point, you're just giving your very last hurrah. And I think with Des Bryant, he's just looking to be on a team that can pay him like a veteran wide receiver 
times 10, at least for a year, um, so he can show off what he was capable of doing um, in Dallas. So sometimes you just don't want to bring a personality like that in there because it's really not about team with someone like him. It's more just about I need to shine one more time. The fact that he turned down the few deals that he got to me just showed me that, okay, you're a little delusional or you really assume that someone's going to pay you more money just because you're Des Bryant. So I personally don't need that wide receiver. I need somebody who's humble and who's willing to work and adjust their, uh, their style if they need to, to make the team. So, you know, whatever, good luck to him. I mean, I'm sure he'll end up on somebody's team, but hopefully it won't be Philadelphia. Then again, in the beginning, I thought that way about Mike Vick. And then when Mike Vick came, he just totally uh, 180 into a whole different person, not only just a player, but as a person. And I think that that was probably the best uh, come up story for me, for someone who at one point I did like as a player. And then I obviously grew not to like with everything that happened and his, you know, his falling off for a, mo- for a while and going to jail and getting extremely humbled. And now at this point in his life, he has pretty much embraced flag football, but on another preface of just basically putting his name out there in another light. I mean, he's always going to have the detractors and the people who will never look at him the same again. But those people weren't truly fans. And those who still love him from, you know, way out in Virginia to Atlanta and then Philly, he will always have a place in football history for being one of the most dynamic quarterbacks ever, regardless of his reputation at the time. Um... But needless to say, this podcast was just basically to say that the preseason is over. Hallelujah. And now we can actually embrace football for real next weekend, starting with the kickoff on Thursday night, which I thought I was going to be able to make a tailgate, but apparently it just doesn't make sense. I'm going to be a backup for my job, so I cannot leave any time early to join the crazy kids of the Forthman John Posse. But I would love to hang and hopefully another Sunday one will come up and I'll be able to do that. Um, Because I definitely want my little tailgate experience at least once this year to, you know, feel like I can just embrace the new season as a true fan and not as a link worker. So I am looking forward to Thursday night. My predictions are that I think the Sixers, wow, the Eagles will win, but I think it will be mostly because of the defense. I think that there's a confidence issue and and a gelling issue that Nick Foles has when he's not comfortable. And so if he's not having his same players and his same reliable sources, Alshon Jeffrey won't be back till like week three. Carson Wentz probably won't be back till week three. So I don't think Nick is going to feel totally comfortable yet. So I think that I see that game just being literally by a field goal, if not a touchdown, um, due to the defense. Uh, shutting down Matt Ryan um, and possibly any of the wide receivers or running backs. Um, It can be a rematch to that game, but I think it'll be a higher score simply because the end, you know, the anticipation of the opening night game. And then the fact that it's someone who almost beat us (laughs) and it's a, it's a game that literally could have been lost within seconds had uh, our boy um, number 11, (laughs) not Carson Wentz, but on the Falcons. I'm losing names now, but I know you guys are screaming at me if you're listening. Like, it's such and such, it's such and such. Anyway, but if he had caught that that ball, it would have been over. Um, We wouldn't even talk about the Super Bowl. But it'll be a different tempo. It'll be a different squad. Um, There'll be new faces. So the Eagles will have new targets. The Falcons will have new targets. And um, if Vitae's in, I just pray to God he doesn't get foals killed. Um... And hope that he's tuned in mentally as well as physically. Because if not, I'm sure Doug, the way he's feeling lately, he will take him out mid-game and he'll put in um, Malo. 
Um, I'd rather feel more comfortable saying Malu if Jason Peters isn't in right away. Um, I didn't hear anything about Jason Peters not starting. So I would be shocked if Jason Peters didn't start. But I do feel like he he will be there because he didn't get a chance to play for that game. So I think he'll be extra motivated. So And Lane Johnson is doing good. So at this point, all they need is just the interior to hold and the corners on uh, Nick's right side, I think it is. Or, yeah, right side. As long as his right side holds, his blind side, then this game is a good battle that'll come down to either a field goal, shoot, maybe even a point. And um, hopefully no safeties for Nick this time. Hopefully only the Falcons will give safeties. And uh, we can have a nice kickoff to the new season. So I predict that it'll be a 27-24 Eagles win. It just sounds like a football score. Um, the Falcons can sometimes play as shaky as the Eagles when they first start out, but then they can get they can get their juices going. And, and if the Eagles aren't aware, they can play fast. And so... It's always them and the Redskins for some reason that I find that play the Eagles real hard and real fast. And sometimes the Eagles can get um, they can get worn down quickly. So I'm praying that the defense can hold, if not get some interceptions. Um, we're going to be without um, 53 this game, but he'll be back next week. I mean, uh, yeah, next Sunday game. So without him, um, hopefully the threat of interception will come from good old Jordan Hicks who's back on his feet hopefully he'll stay for all 16 games if not 14 uh, and maybe they'll rest him for the rest of this postseason but um, I just pray that no major injuries come out of this game and or future games I pray that all 16 games will have at least a majority of the core of the team and um, not as severe as it was last season looks like Chris Maragos they're saying may not play again whatever his injury apparently was worse than Carson's which is not saying a lot um just praying to God that if he does decide to retire or if he does get um, he does get clearance later in the year to play, that he can lead special teams like he did two seasons ago and um, come back brand new. Although I feel like his presence was better, as they're saying, as a coach. So I think that he might be one of those guys that will end up getting a player position type thing if he physically can't return to football. I would hate to see that because he, you know, he did make a difference on special teams three years ago, and he, he has been uh, one of the reasons why their special teams became very, very good within the past couple of years, even under Chip Kelly. So um, I would hate to know that one player can't play at all again. It's always sad, um, especially when it's an injury that looks like he hasn't even had signs that he's even been able to run on it. So whatever it is, um, I just pray that if he does have to come back, he comes back in better shape. Um, if even if it is next year, and if not, I hope that he wins a coaching team along maybe with uh, Phipps on there, the special teams coach, and maybe he can uh, bring their level of game up on special teams. And then, again, our kicker, Jake Elliott. I swear that, you know, hopefully he won't miss any close 30-yard <laughs> or less uh, field goals from this point on. Um, I pray that he stays focused. And if we do have to get a backup, I hope they have a plan for that because um, – I know Dallas just released their long-term kicker in Dan Bailey. So if Dan Bailey decides he wants to put an FU to Dallas, maybe Dan Bailey will be a good backup veteran kicker in case Jake Elliott starts going crazy or going out, whatever. Um, But I pray all along, you know, this team that will be, that will only get better as the year goes on. Let's put it that way. If we have a shaky start, as long as we win, ugly or not, that's all I care about. I'm just ready for the hype videos. I'm ready for Thursday to count. And I'm just ready for, 
I don't know, just good football, period. I just want to see my team compete. And sometimes wins and losses don't mean anything as long as you compete. If your team looks good and they just happen to lose a game, it sucks. But it's good to know that they were in it. Unlike the Phillies right now, who are literally dancing with the danger of losing the wild card. But hopefully today, Nola will bring them back. Because Lord knows at this point, the Phillies are lucky to even be even in like the wild card, the way they've been playing in the past couple months. So um, it's it's like weird that they're the worst, best team in the Middle East. That um, no matter what Gabe has decided to do on his strategy of rotating people constantly, I really feel like it's messed up chemistry. He may think it has preserved people, but I, I think it's really messed up chemistry. And that's probably why they're more tired now than they probably would have been had he just used them thoroughly and then waited until this time of the year to start rotating new people. Um, and it's a shame because even all the, the pretty decent uh, pitchers that were behind Nola were starting to look good. And then all of a sudden now they don't know where the strike zone is. And that's kind of weird, um, especially Eflin, because he was he just went through a whole contract negotiation to put some guys down himself and other players in Lehigh for contract negotiation. And I felt that was stupid. But then in the last couple uh, starts, he hasn't looked good. So it's just, I don't know. Maybe it feels like it just kind of aided his confidence or maybe it justified why the Phillies put him down to Lehigh from time to time. I just know my Aaron Altair is back and Aaron Altair is back and I'm hoping that means something good for them. Although I don't remember if he played last night because I didn't really watch any of that game. I just know that they um, lost bad, like 7-1. to one. And then the night before, they won. So, And that was during the rainstorm that kind of interrupted the flow of the game at first. But Phillies are hard to follow, I'm not going to lie. But if they win, they win. If not, it's fine. If they, get, if they even get past the wild card round, I'll be happy. But just like the Sixers, once they get past that round, I don't expect more. But I'll be pleasantly surprised if they get past wild card round. It's all up to them. I mean, at this point, I think everyone's fatigued. It's September now. So I think at this point, I, ha- I hate to say it, but I think some of the players are probably ready for the season to be over. Um, some of the young guys like uh, Scott Kingery and Reese Hoskins are probably just excited to still be playing. But um, I think overall, the feeling of the team is just, you know, we could do a lot better and we know it. But anyway, here's to all our burgeoning teams going through the wire. And here's to the Sixers about to come back and hopefully get started another exciting October as well as Flyers fans. So here's to everything that's going to develop in the next year. 2018 so far has been a work in progress, but it's not been half damn bad. So even though grumpy Doug has come out, I think that Doug will be a happy camper sooner than later. So too bad for the media, but yay for us fans. And uh, thank you for listening. Hit me up at girlyvirgo78 on Twitter. And if not, hit me up at ajradiocollaraol.com if you so dare. Enjoy the rest of your last football-free count, football-free weekend that counts. Enjoy your Labor Day. Thanks for listening. Take care.